Well, good morning, and uh, great to have you at Southfield today. My name is Dennis, in case you forgot. <laughs> I've been gone for a few weeks. Just a couple, yeah. Actually, like the first time since the beginning of all the COVID madness that I was able to take more than one week off, which was nice to be able to back off, get a little refreshed. So we appreciated that opportunity. Man, there were so many, so many fun things that we, that we did that you kind of wouldn't imagine they'd be fun, right? But we, we headed down to Texas to see Nate so that we got to go ahead and get kind of his life in order and, yeah. and ate our way through Abilene. There's just all kinds of good food there. Then the week after that, um, mom's sister's son had his, uh, what do you call it, COVID redo wedding. So <laughs> yeah. got married during COVID, but now we're doing the real official Having ceremony. Party. Yeah. yeah. And that was a lot of fun to be together with all of mm -hmm. them. And then on the way back, Kim was, Kim was saying, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to go somewhere and do something fun. She's asked, ask you about fun. We can find fun. Ask me about fun. You know what we do? We visited cemeteries. <laughs> So that was, that was Dennis's idea of fun. Her, Kim's family uh, was, you know, I mean, she's, she can do the official uh, Daughter of American Revolution thing. They've been around for a long time as opposed to my family. And so um, the family planted in, in right around Des Moines, Madrid, Iowa. And uh, it was on the way back, kind of, from Minnesota. So she didn't know where we were going. We stopped for the night, and, and while we were with Aunt Karen, were able to get some notebooks and whatever of all the family history. And so the night before, we read through all the family history. And then the next day, we went to uh, the church that was founded by her great-great-grandfather and, and got, to, got to look around all of that, got to wander the cemetery and see the name Grigsby everywhere, you know, at least 30 different headstones. And then the next day, we went to another cemetery where the, her mom's Let's see, her mom's mom's mom is buried, as well as uh, or her, their family. And uh, they're the ones that came over originally from England and Ireland and, and whatever. So on one side, it says Sutcliffe, and on the other side, it says Taylor. And we're looking at this, and you know, it's just, it's amazing to find the connection with all of these family members and whatever. And then as we're wandering, we notice there's this one gravestone, uh, 1881, December of 1881, a family lost three children. And you look at that, and I, I tell you what, it's, it's interesting to walk through a graveyard and connect with people's stories. And then as we started wandering a little more, we saw, saw another December 1881, another December. I think by the time we were done in that little graveyard, we found somewhere between 20 and 30 people who died in December of 1881. Looked it up, smallpox. Smallpox went through the area. So you just imagine the sadness of that community uh, during that particular season and what they went through. And I, it was just, for me, it was, it was a beautiful opportunity to connect with people I didn't even know and to connect with the greater story of, of what we're a part of. I mean, you think about it, 1881 was a celebration around here. Our church was starting in 1881. And while we were celebrating, there's this community out there mourning. It was, it was tough times. So, mm -hmm. so we did that. One of the things I love doing while I'm on vacation is go to other churches. And I like to go not to, I think some pastors go like either to get sermon series ideas, <laughs> you know, the next four sermons are serious sermons I heard from other places, yeah. or, or to get ideas of, you know, what are they doing, what inventive things are they doing. I like to go because I like to know what it feels like to be new at a church. I would be a horrible new person. I, I, think, I think I would put off going for weeks just because of the intimidation of walking up to the front door. 
So the one week, we actually we went to two churches here in the area. And mom stayed in bed because the one was starting at 8.30, way too early for her. So, so I drove over to this church, and as I'm driving, I'm like, what are they going to do? Is this going to be one of those churches that they, you know, they say they start at 8.30, but they really start at 8.40, and they have a 10-minute donut time, and I'm going to have to stand and talk to people, and ooh, and, and I pull up, and I'm like, nobody's at the door, and I'm like, is this the right time? I'm not sure if it's the right time, but then I pull up at the next place. There are people at the door, and I'm like, are they going to talk to me? Are they going to make me stand there, fill something out, sign my life away? Wow, do you get into your head when you're new? And maybe yeah. you don't, okay? Maybe I'm just weird and nuts. I get that. But <clears throat> partially true, yeah. But what I loved about this was it gave me the experience again of being new and to know it just, you're incredibly courageous to walk into a new church. I, I, I love that. I love that people, and we've had a season of people, they've come walking in the door and you've gone through all the same things going through your head as you walk up. So, so I'm thankful that, that you took the step, you stepped out, you came here, and you get to see what we're doing today. I promise you we don't do anything too weird that makes you really nervous. So there won't be a 10-minute donut time where you have to talk or anything like that. But uh, we're, just, we're just glad to be able to welcome you today. One of the things you get every week is, uh, is a reminder, yeah, it is, it is being glitchy, you're right. There we go. We get a reminder every week called the Southfield Update. Did you get a chance to look at this yesterday? I did. and You were a busy guy. I was a busy guy yesterday. We had our, our youth team on retreat trying to just relax and get ready for the upcoming ministry season, which starts tonight mm-hmm. and this Wednesday. So we're back to our normal times for both groups. Uh, and being the youth pastor, being the student guy, my eyes were drawn to not the very last line of the update there, but, but that little short line, it's three down. It says, I saw Dennis's back. I was like, oh, that's a relief. But then I saw beneath that Green Lake video, fingers crossed. So I've literally, since I opened this and read it, my fingers have been crossed that the Green Lake video is ready. And I still don't know. I still don't know if it is or not. So Should I hold you in suspenders? <laughs> I think, I think I will. I think I will. We'll hold the suspense a little bit longer. What I can promise you today is you're going to be watching the Quest video. So you get to relive this, yeah. and yeah, you're going to get a little Green Lake too. Because I'm, I'm telling you what, I, I, these videos, I, I think, I don't know that we've had videos that have so well captured everything that went on during these weeks. And the songs that go with them, they're perfect matches for the spirit of the week, for That's what great. we did. So uh, yes, you will, you will get your opportunity, I promise Sweet. you. Uh, coming up in just a couple weeks, wow. Yeah, you're just going to have to do This is going to be tricky, Sherry. I guess I'll say click, okay? <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, I, I, I replaced batteries yesterday, but did I replace them wrong? You never know. Um, I'll, I'll handle that. Thank you. you keep, one of, one you of the ways talking. to know is does the red dot happen? No red dot, dead batteries. It. All right. Two week, a couple weeks from now, Memorial Day weekend, we're going to be doing an outdoor service at 1030, and that day is tied with baptisms. So we're going to be doing baptisms at both DuPage River as well as here. And if you're interested in doing that, you'll want to get signed up through that update. We have a link for you. Uh, we're going to ask you to go ahead and give us a brief testimony mm-hmm. of you know, how you came to faith in Christ. And that is a one-service, no-online Sunday again. Correct. Right. Yep. One-service, no-online, uh, no 
no online at 1030. Yeah. Uh, part of this season coming into it is journey groups. We've got groups starting up, and there are so many uh, amazing opportunities uh, to get connected, new topics, some new leaders. I mean, just a, a really fresh season to be able to get involved. So yeah. looking forward to that. You can join any one of Jesse's 17 groups. Uh, you could go ahead and look at any of the other new offerings. We've got some crazy stuff going on. Uh, I was able to sit down. Don Yost is a part of our, our high school team, and so he got to share with me a little more about that, that shotgun, um, those shotgun weekends. Man, it's going to be really, really cool. He said that there's a, there's a space at this place that we're going that just has open couches that nobody ever sits on. Mm. So we're going to be able to use that space as an opportunity to have a little Bible study time together before we go uh, shoot a bunch of shotguns. So it's, it's going to be really unique and cool, and I'm, I'm excited about that one. Good. Mm-hmm. Any others that you looked at that were, that were intriguing? I, I know Apples of Gold is, is going to be offered yeah. again. It's a pretty limited in size group. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that you might want to get registered for if you're one of the ladies of our church. And just, a, yeah, a, a wide variety. There are a few are, that are not on there yet as well. We'll be doing our, uh, our step classes again. Mm-hmm. So those will be offered. We're going to try a couple different things with that. One is to offer it as a one day instead of over a few weeks because sometimes it's hard to, to make it to more than one. So, uh, so we'll have that. Uh, Part of that new, you know, you're talking about new people coming in and, you know, the having the nervousness and all those questions, a lot of those questions can be answered through small group. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're all about, who the people are, what our family is uh, here at Southfield. So at least take some time today to go on the Church Center app, go on the website, or stop the Info Hub to learn about these small groups, and maybe catch a friend before you leave the door, before you walk outside today. Catch a friend and say, would you look at the, doing this group together with me? Because even if it's just you and that one friend or that you and that one connection, maybe Misty has already caught you at the door and said, hey, what? and you don't even know Misty's name yet, but you know the hey lady, and you want to be a part of her group, go ahead and ask, because um, this is the time that uh, to, to build those relationships, establish those connections, and get in a small group. Absolutely. So I, I, one of the things that I learned as I was wandering is I, I really like the way we do this. A lot of churches, you know, somebody gets up and does announcements. It's kind of the talking head, and you stare at them, and it's easy to zone out on that. And so I, I love being able to connect with you in this moment. I love the teaching you did, love the teaching that John did. Mm-hmm. You really, guys really did well in terms of offering, offering us uh, some teaching that was challenging and, and gave us some really good growth opportunities here in this summer. It, it has been a summer of fun, a summer of, in many ways, getting back to normal. And one piece of getting back to normal, of course, was being able to offer Quest. And yeah. so I, I love this video. Uh, Nikkel was involved in, in putting this one together, as well as Miranda, I believe. And, and you're going you're gonna to love all the different features of the week. We'll have these links up later so that you can watch them again and again and again. One of the challenges we run into that, you know, I, 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 when I'm off, I'm able to spend the time watching the videos, mm-hmm. watching, watching the services live. Yeah. And one week we put something up that within moments after it was done, we got a notification from YouTube saying, bad, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. They're and really the next, good. And the next five minutes yeah. were unavailable, five minutes while people were talking. Mm-hmm. So what we're having to do to make sure that we don't have a problem on some of these is, you know, we're diminishing the sound right now. So if you're watching online, you'll see the images, and you can go ahead and catch the music in a little bit. So here you go, world premiere. 
Oh, it was fun. It was active. I'll tell you, both videos, I just, I was at both of these things. I I couldn't believe how many parts of this I was a part of and to be able to see it again. it, It just brought such tremendous life once again to an amazing week and lives were changed. Uh, What an opportunity. What a great opportunity we have uh, to serve our kids and serve families. Just amazing. Father God in heaven, I am grateful. I'm grateful for the memories that we get to be a part of creating. Memories that quite literally will last a lifetime, not just of having fun, but of telling the story again of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That kids get the chance, some of them literally for the very first time, to hear the name Jesus and to be able to connect with somebody in heaven who loves them more than anybody on earth ever could. And we know some of our kids, they're so deeply, deeply loved by their parents and other other, uh, family members, and you love them more. I'm glad that we get to express that message to them and that they can connect with you on a level that helps them in a world that has quite literally gone crazy. I pray that more and more our children will see that the only way they're going to survive the current climate and the climate to come is a strong connection with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for all the people who are willing to to volunteer hours and hours of time in order to be part of the lives of these kids. We are grateful eternally grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Years that end in ones are significant around this church. I already mentioned this is an anniversary year for us. We started in 1881. We will be 140 years old in October. You're, you're, You're feeling pretty good for 140, right? You thought you'd be a little creakier. and No, I'll tell you what, for 140, we are lively and flexible and, and just absolutely seeing the vitality of the Spirit of God flowing through this place. Some things have changed in 140 years. If you'd have shown up 140 years ago, the pastor would be speaking Swedish and everybody else would be speaking Swedish. And if you were speaking English, you would have been very intimidated. You'd have wondered where you just landed. Some things have changed and at the same time, some things remain absolutely the same. For example, you go back into pictures that go all the way back and into the 1890s, they were, they were doing children's programs during the summer. Every Sunday, you'd hear the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed. And one of the things that goes all the way back to those early days is taking people down to a river to be baptized. You know, it it was incredible, again, being on this little history journey with Kim and her family to see this old church founded in the 1850s. We came across some of their centennial documents, and in it there was a picture of their baptism at a river. These farmers in their their coveralls out there in the water, and and just once again letting a person declare the opportunity, having the opportunity to declare that they have faith in Jesus Christ. It's an amazing and beautiful moment. It's something that has been a consistent part of our history from the day that we were founded, and it goes all the way back to literally Jesus entering the Jordan River in order to declare to the world that he was fully committed to the agenda of God, that he was committed to the Father, that he was committed to literally dying in order that the gospel might be realized. So this morning, what I'd like to do is take a few moments to talk about baptism, what it is and why we do it. 
Because I realize for some of you, you come from a different tradition, you come from a different place, and you may be wondering, what, what, you know, why, why do you understand the Bible you, uh, the way you understand it? Why do you do baptism the way you do? Now, now, for some of you, you've been baptized as a believer by immersion. I, I don't want you to tune out this morning, okay? A couple of things are really important for you. One is to know the why behind the what. Why did you get baptized? For some people, they got baptized because their friend was doing it, and so they wanted to join as well. So we need to know the why behind the what. It's a moment as well to celebrate once again that moment in your life that you put the stake in the ground and said, I am a fully devoted follower of Jesus, and I want other people to know it. It also gives you the opportunity to have conversations with family members and friends who have not made that decision yet to say, what's holding you back? What can I do to help you to come to the place that you'll make this public profession of faith? So let's start with the simple question this morning. Why be baptized? Why go through the process of being immersed in water and coming out in, in front of a crowd of people? What, what's that all about? Why be baptized? For me, I think it all begins with the power of symbols. Symbols, symbols have tremendous power and tremendous meaning when we know what they mean. I, I, I imagine around your house you have some, some symbols. You have some reminders of the past, some things that are important to your family. But if nobody's told you what it is, if nobody's told you what it's all about, that symbol doesn't mean a lot to you. We have two tremendous symbols in the Church of Jesus Christ. One that happens once in the life of a believer and one that happens often. Baptism is referred to as an initiatory rite. What is meant by that is it's something that we do when we become a believer and it only has to be done once. You don't have to get baptized annually. You don't have to get baptized every time you, you slide away from God. We get baptized once. Some have been baptized more than once either because the mode of baptism was different or, or maybe it's just because they did have such a sliding away that they thought, I need to do this again to declare that, that I am part of the family of God. But it's initiatory rite, something that we do once. And then the other symbol that we do far more regularly is communion, where we come and take part of a bread and cup and we're reminded of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Our church, oh my goodness, probably 15 years ago, decided instead of only doing communion once a month, that we were literally going to do communion weekly. Because the Bible tells us that every time we do this, every time we take communion, we proclaim the death of Jesus until he comes back. And so every week we get through symbol to be able to declare the gospel to people in the room who might not have a relationship with Jesus. Symbols are tremendously powerful. So what does the symbol of baptism convey? I, I think there are, two, there are two images being conveyed in the literal physical process of immersion that should be meaningful to us. One is the picture of the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And then in light of that, it's a picture of our death to sin and our new life in Christ. Paul in Romans 6 says, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his grace? Of course not. He, he's actually going after some of the Roman Christians who are saying, here's what we do. We sin a lot and we ask for forgiveness to show people how forgiving God is. It's absurd. It's nuts. And Paul says it's nuts. He says, God forbid, you shouldn't be doing that. 
Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? He says, when that salvation happened to you, you died to sin. So why in the world are you continuing to live in the same habits? Have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ in baptism, we were joined in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we also have been raised to live new lives. So it gives us a symbol of Jesus dying, being buried, and rising again to remind us that we've gone through the same thing spiritually. We have died to sin, and now we live to new life in Christ. Paul went on to say, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died to break the power of sin. But now he lives. He lives through the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. So when you reflect on your own baptism, part of what you're reflecting on is the imagery that there was a day that I died. There was a day that I died to sin. And I now live in newness of life in Christ. And so perhaps you find yourself right now caught in a habit of sin. And you know what your baptism can remind you of? <laughs> I don't have to live this way. I don't have to live this way. I don't have to live as if I'm a slave to sin because I am not a slave to sin. I belong to Jesus Christ. He says, don't let sin control the way you live. Don't give in to sinful desires. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. Has he made the point? I, he says it again and again. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. You no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. He says, here's the power of the symbol. You died, and when you came back, you, you were not who you were prior to death. You are no longer a slave to sin. You're a child of God. The power of the symbol reminds me of what Jesus did, but it also reminds me of who I am. It's not just that Jesus died and was buried and rose again, but we died as well. And we've risen to new life in Christ. So that's one part of this beautiful symbol of immersion. The other part, of course, is the cleansing that comes. The cleansing that comes when we ask for God, ask God for, for, for forgiveness. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful, he is just, he forgives our sins and he cleanses us. He cleanses us completely and purely. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 is one of the many verses that I had to learn in Awana when I was a little kid. Here's, here's more, of the, more of the passage. It says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of the good, 
works that we've done, not because of our own righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out. I love even that picture, the pouring, like the pouring of water, whom He poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. A piece of the picture of baptism is just like a dish plunged under the water and coming back out and now it's clean. And so we have these symbols in immersion of death, burial, and resurrection as well as of being cleansed of our sin. The symbol is powerful. It's incredibly powerful. And the more you understand the symbol, the more you will cherish the day that you were immersed as a believer. Further, why be baptized? The priority of submission. We get baptized for one main reason. Jesus said to do it. He said to do it. He said, I want control of your life. I'm your master now. Do this. Do this. And and for a lot of us, we get a little hung up here because we're not very submissive people. Truth be told, we are God of our own lives. We think we're in control. I mean, come on, if 2020 taught you nothing, you're in control of nothing, right? Right? And yet we still live under the delusion somehow that if we grip a little tighter, we've got control. Baptism was a way of saying, I'm not controlling me, I'm submitting to the ways and the will of the Father. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus himself went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. When John tried to talk him out of it, I mean, can you imagine Jesus comes to be baptized? You're like, Jesus, not really. You never, you don't need to, no. You don't have to, you're perfect. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. He says, the Father wants me to do this. I'm doing this. No holding back. I'm doing this. I'm going to do what the Father requires. And it says, after his baptism, Jesus got up out of the water. The heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove on him. And the voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Where does the joy come from? from being willing to submit to the Father. So much of our joylessness is found in our resistance to giving in to the Father. In our resistance to giving in to the will of God, the ways and will of God. When are you going to finally say, God, your way, not mine? Jesus did command some of his final words as he left the earth. All authority is given on me to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. How do you do this? Baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And I'm with you all the way out to 2021 and beyond. Until I come back, you know I'm present with you. Submission needs to be a priority in our lives. We do it because God wants us to, because he's called us to, and we live out the calling of God. The third, I call it the privilege of speaking up. We get the opportunity in a river or in a pool of water to say, I'm his. I belong to God. 
Jesus is my Savior. He is my Master. He is my Lord. We get the privilege of speaking up. There's a, there's a passage in Acts chapter 5 that, that I appreciate so much. The, the church is starting to experience the intensity of persecution. It's starting to have problems as it, as it goes around declaring the name of Jesus. And, and the religious leaders have given strict order. We don't want to hear the name of Jesus around here anymore. And it didn't stop them. Peter kept declaring the name of Jesus over and over and over again. And as they're hauled in and told, you need to stop, we warned you, stop, Peter says, we must obey God rather than human beings. We've got to do this. We can't hold back. And he goes on basically to explain who Jesus is. It infuriates them so much that they want to put these guys to death. And there's actually one person present who, who's got some wisdom. He says, hey, you know what? You guys, you're getting carried, you're getting out of hand, all right? Here's the thing. If what they're preaching is not true, it's going to die in its tracks. But if what they're preaching is true, there's nothing we can do to stop it. There's nothing we can do. So let them go. And so, and so what we read is that they decided to listen to the guys, this guy's wisdom, and they flogged them. They flogged them for going ahead and continuing to speak the name of Jesus. Flogging is not exciting. Flogging is horrible. They were beaten for the name of Jesus. And the next verse just always, it always, oh my goodness, it grips me. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. <laughs> when authorities comes up, come up against us, we leave the place complaining, frustrated, I have my rights. Why did they do that to me? They left the place rejoicing. Why? Because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, capital N, the name of Jesus. They recognized in that moment that they were counted worthy of the name. They identified with the name. In the moment of baptism, we get to identify with the name. And we don't have to go through the flogging, right? We don't go through the suffering. It's a celebration. Everybody there is celebrating with you as we identify publicly with the name of Jesus. Let me give you another reason. And that is the placement of stakes. It is important in our lives to have some stakes in the ground. Some places that we can go back and look and say, I remember what happened there. We saw it in the Old Testament. After they, after they crossed the Jordan River, they put a pile of stones there. Nobody knew what the stones were all about except the people who had been there and the people who told them, this is where we crossed the Jordan River. We need stakes in the ground. We need moments that we can point back and say, I remember, I remember that moment. There was a moment in your life, if you've been immersed there was a moment in your life as a believer that if you were immersed, you were telling the world, I follow Jesus. And maybe you've come to a moment in your life that you need to be reminded again, oh yeah, I said I follow Jesus. We need the placement of stakes in our lives. There was a beautiful story in Acts chapter 8 of this Ethiopian. He's traveling back to his home country and he's reading scripture on a chariot. I can't read in a smooth car. He's reading this scroll, bouncing, reading Isaiah. He can't make heads or tails of it. And Philip is sent to have a conversation with him. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? It's like, how in the world can I understand? I need someone to help me. 
Philip crawls up into the chariot with him, and they look at the passage together. He was led like a sheep to a slaughter, as a lamb before shearers. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And this Ethiopian says, is this guy talking about himself? Is he talking about him, someone else? What's going on? And look at verse 35. I love this. You could miss it. It's, it's, it's subtle and beautiful. So beginning with this same scripture. Then say he jumped over to the book of John. Beginning right where this man was. This same scripture in Isaiah. Beginning right where he was, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. They're riding along and this Ethiopian says, there's some water, why should I get baptized? Philip says, well, you know, there's this class we offer on baptism. You got to take that first. Or, you know, uh, my goodness, you know, we, we, we got to set up the pool. How are we going to do it? He, he says, yeah, let's go. And right there they get out of the chariot, walk down, baptize him. And as soon as the baptism, baptism is done, Philip is supernaturally carried away. It says the Ethiopian goes back praising God. Part of the reason this is included in the book of Acts is to give us an idea of how the gospel got its way to Africa. But the other part is to see the day in which this Ethiopian put a stake in the ground and said, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. We need that stake in the ground. And so I ask you, what's holding you back? What keeps you from driving the stake in the ground? What keeps you from submitting to God? What keeps you from embracing the beauty of the symbol of baptism? Let me offer a few suggestions, and one just might be fear. At whatever level, some kind of fear. For some, they have a real fear of water. They do. I baptized people who had a legitimate fear of water. People who were quite literally shaking as they were baptized. Can you imagine the joy? I mean, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. Can you imagine the joy in the heart of God when somebody is willing to say, I fear this water, but I love God more. I love God more. I'm doing this. They were willing to overcome that fear. For you, it may not be the fear of water. It's the fear of crowds. You'd get baptized if you could do it by yourself in your bathtub. But people are watching and you don't want to go through that because there is a degree to which this process is humiliating. You're going to go in, you're going to come out, what's your face going to look like, what's going, maybe you'll have seaweed stringing from you, what, what's going to happen? And, and there might be an element of embarrassment, especially if you're a little older. Kids think it's great, but now you're 45. And there's a crowd watching. You know, we don't always do baptisms with crowds. We've had small groups baptize people in their group. We've taken the opportunity again and again. There is no reason to let a crowd hold you back. The idea of baptism is to declare, I am a follower of Jesus. Okay, this might be the toughest of all, fear of mom. And by mom, I say family tradition. Because you come from a family tradition that they think every Sunday you come here, they're pulling out the snakes and dancing. One of those weirdo churches, you know? I've heard of churches like you, dunking people and all that stuff. And now you've come to the place that you're like, I should do this, but mom and dad, they baptized you when you were a baby. And they're going to see this as nothing but a rejection of them and of their faith. And it holds you back. It stops you from going ahead and making that profession of faith. 
I just think it could be a wonderful conversation. I'm not saying it's going to receive, be received with perfection, but it can be a wonderful conversation to say, what I'm doing here now is the fulfillment of what you did for me. There was a day that you baptized me because you wanted me to be a person who was devoted to God. And now I need to make that declaration for myself. I, I, I'm actually doing this not to turn my back on you, but to honor you. Because you cared enough about my faith to nurture my faith. And this is what I believe God wants me to do. For some, it's fear of expectations. If I got baptized, I got to start living like a Christ follower. Duh. <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. You're branded. You got to start living like a Christ follower. And you know what? If you're a Christ follower and you're not baptized, you're still supposed to live like a Christ follower. So expectations sometimes can hold us back. Doubt. I know some of you going through right now, you're going, I've been to a number of churches and everybody does this thing differently. Some people baptize their babies, some people sprinkle. I went to one church, they baptized with rose petals. And now this guy's saying, I'm going to be dunked underwater. What in the world? All these different ways. And you got doubts about whether or not you should and, and what it's all about. Here's what, here's what I just want to encourage you to do. Set a time limit on it and study it and figure it out. Do the homework. Figure it out. Don't just keep saying, yeah, well, next year I'll, do, I'll, I'll think about it next year. Stop kicking the can. You're like 46 years old. There ain't a lot of road left. Come on, stop kicking the can. It's time. It's time to think. It's time to think through. Why? What's holding me back? Let me give you one other. For some of you, it's the delay. You, got, you became a Christian a long time ago, and nobody knows that you haven't been baptized. And now you're going you're gonna to fill out the form, and they're all going to go, what, she was never baptized? What, he was never, are you kidding me? You're afraid people are going to talk about you? Oh, what? That's like the best gossip of all. They're gossiping about you getting baptized. Yay, hooray, yay, God. Do it, do it. It may be the thing that's holding back your growth. Do it. And yet for some, you'll say, I'm not there yet. You know what, if you're not a believer, you shouldn't get baptized not going to wash away your sins. The blood of Jesus Christ washes away your sins. But then I'd encourage you, make that decision today as well. You don't know that you have another minute beyond this one. Make that decision today. So, if you look at the update from yesterday, you'll see a link there. And you can click and fill out a, a, a simple form that gives you options. Am I going to get baptized in the river or in the pool at church? It asks you basically to give us an idea of your story of faith. How did you come to a place of faith in Jesus? It doesn't have to be horribly complicated. You don't have to do 12 pages, okay? Nice, simple explanation of your, of, of your story of faith. We've already had several people fill it out. I'm going to be contacting them and getting this time set up so that you can declare your faith in Jesus Christ. What we'll do in the next few moments is turn our eyes, our focus, to the other symbol, the symbol of communion. That symbol of the fact that there was someone who loved you so much that he died for you so that you could have eternal life and a fresh start in God. And as you partake of the symbol of communion today, I want to encourage you to do one of three things. If you were baptized, reflect on the day of your baptism. Reflect on it and rejoice. Maybe even reclaim it. Maybe there's been a wander in your life that you need to go, wait a second. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Maybe you'll take the time, if you've already been baptized, to think about somebody who needs to. Maybe your child is not baptized yet.
your spouse, a friend, and you spend a few moments praying for them and the decision that they have to make. And then for those of you that haven't been immersed as a believer yet, would you take time in communion to have a conversation with Jesus today? An honest conversation just explains why not? What's holding you back? And make the commitment to do it. And so, Jesus, today, we're grateful for this beautiful symbol you've given us of your death, burial, and resurrection. Help us to lean into it and live into it and love you more because of the immersion that we've experienced as a believer. We pray this. Amen. There are so many things I, I really appreciate about the way God grew us as a church in our move from Bethel Drive to this location. And one of the things that I love is that it, it drove us back to the river. <laughs> drove us back to doing baptisms at the river. It's just a, a beautiful, uh, amazing experience. I, I, love, I love that spot. That, that's our... That's our Jordan River right there. Just an amazing opportunity to declare one's faith. And so we come to the moment, the moment of the Green Lake video. I am so psyched. I, I feel like this is one of those videos that, first of all, you're going to have to watch it about 80 times to catch all the little pieces. And every time you watch it, focus on somebody different because there's always somebody doing something in the background that's like the story behind the story. Like there's a dance there. We're going to rename the Polly. It, it's, really, it's really amazing to watch him do this little dance. And there's a spot where you're actually pointing out a mouse and the kids are trying to uh, eliminate it. <laughs> there are just worse. so many fun things. But I loved this week. All yeah. the Green Lake weeks have been so fun. But this one, it was, it was special beyond special. And I think every piece of what's going on in this video captures the beauty of that week, including the song mm -hmm. that my friends are, we're sick of pretending. We're ready to kill the spider. Yeah. So uh, anything you want to add before we hit the play button? Yeah, I'm, Green Lake is special to us. It's, I mean, we've been going there since I started and, and for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the gap year because of COVID and whatever, but this year, it, the kids who were there, like it, the ownership of this place, uh, it, it really just, it bled through for me. And the, not just the care and attention to detailed work and, and keeping a smile on your face, but, but to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, there, again, a lot of tears, as camps usually do when stories start being, being told and things like that. Uh, but I, I just saw a bonding with our, with our group, both high schoolers and uh, on down to the incoming sixth graders that, that I love about this week. And I don't know. I'm going to shut up. We need to watch this video. Right. Let's go. Hit play. Let's go, Sherry. Because uh, Shelly's the maker, I get to watch this like 80 times before it's on the screen. Uh, what, what stuck out for you? Sorry, it's going to be hard. Um, man, that song. <clears throat> it's not like it's special to our group or anything. Uh, hearing best friends, seeing, seeing relationships. Well, getting old stinks, man. Um, <laughs> golly, I don't want to be doing this. Um, <clears throat> we had a really, really cool group of 
of older kids, um, some kids that came back as a part of uh, the college team because they they lost last year, um, and it wasn't because they didn't come back fully because they just wanted to go to Green Lake. They came back because they know how special the place is and uh, how much Smith. Stop, bro! Come on. Um, we had a really cool group of seniors this year. Um, some who we get to keep around, and I'm really excited about that. Um, and others who are who are heading off. One of them who's already down in the concrete jungle of Carbondale, mm-hmm. uh, getting ready to run for the Salukis with Vincent. Jess is about to head off to Liberty. Um, but for me, man, I heard best friends. I saw Naya, and there's something about she was in fourth grade when I started. And Don and Misty, they were both working with me with the high schoolers and said, hey, we can't find a babysitter. Would it be all right if she just hung around? I said, yeah. What harm could it be? And I remember, I'm not joking, I remember little Naya running around with these high schoolers. And I never dreamed that I'd be here. I never dreamed that she would be literally like one of the core people pulling people in, saying how great this place is, starting friendships, sparking small group conversations. I'm sorry, I'm processing because I haven't seen this dumb video. Um, <laughs> not just thanks to the seniors and, and all the kids um, thank you thank you guys for, for supporting us and everything we do up there because that's what makes the rest of the year even through the mundane it makes the rest of the year so much easier because we're able to, to build into each other and love each other and it's, and it's real I've, I've been to camps where everything like we have conversations when we come back where it feels feels fake it feels like, yep, okay, just another camp year, and that, that's just not how this place is. So thank you to the families, thank you to the parents, thank you to everybody who supports us, because that man is... That's cool. It's really cool. Good job with the video, too. Man, yeah, yeah. You, you can just play this back for them next year, right? Because I can't, I don't know if I can do that again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well-spoken cool. in words and tears. Let's stand and sing. There's an ancient and wise theologian who said, uh, speak the gospel as often as you can, and if necessary, use words. We get the chance to speak the gospel every time we take communion together. We get the chance to speak the gospel every time we stand in water and say, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to my sin and my fear. I am a child of God. We get the chance to declare the gospel every time someone like Mike Miller and Jerry Stroman are up on a lift installing blinds in a gym to serve other people. Or even the way our, our guys and girls play basketball and volleyball out on that court. And I think one of the things that was so powerful about Green Lake this year is be, the gospel was preached again and again and again through the actions and attitudes of our kids. As you walk from this place today, you can make your world better by living the gospel. That's our calling, living the gospel. With words, without words, share Jesus. Share Jesus always. You enjoy your week. I'm going to do a little audible here, Sherry. 
I just kind of suspect the front row would like to see the video again. So if you don't mind clicking, the rest of you can leave if you want, but we got to watch this again. We'll see you.